Good morning. Glad you've joined us this morning for worship here in our hands. It's our final monthly service, but our first weekly service, really. Uh, grand openings next week. Really looking forward to that. That should be a really good time together. And we're here, and we hope hope to be a real help to uh, the folks in this area and in the surrounding areas. At our core, what we're all about at Church of the Valley is following Jesus. So today we're going to look at one of the core ingredients of what it means to follow him. In his first recorded words in Mark 1, 14 and 15, Jesus said, Repent and believe in the gospel. The good message where if, if you decide if you want to start following him, what you need to do is repent, turn from going your own way, do a 180 and begin to go his way and believe, put put your faith in him. Faith is the way that you start following him and it's the way that you continue to follow him. To put your faith in Jesus means that you trust him with your entire life. You, you put your whole life in his hands, your life and your future. I, I heard this story one time. I, I love it. It's a great example of what it means to put your faith in Christ. But uh, there's a tightrope walker at a service. I mean, at a circus, at a service. We don't have any. Do you see a tight? I don't see any. Uh, at a circus. And, uh, you know, he, he walked back and forth on the tightrope and the crowd's going crazy. And he said, hey, that's awesome. How many of you think I can go across this tightrope pushing this wheelbarrow. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. You know, the crowd goes crazy. And he says, okay, how many of you are willing to get in the wheelbarrow and let me push you across the rope? That's what it means to put your faith in Christ. To, 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 to just put your entire life in his hands. Let him guide you. Let him steer you. Let him lead you. I'm sure the crowd was less enthusiastic at that point. But that's what it means. That's a picture of what it means to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You, you put your life in his hands. You put your confidence in him. And you begin to live life his way. You let him provide everything that's needed for that. That's what it takes to start following him. You believe. You put your faith in him. It's the same kind of faith that is required to keep following him. Jesus' message is centered on this word belief. He, he kept using it whenever he talked about what it means to follow him, how to handle life, how to, how to deal with things. He, he, would, he would talk about believing, and he used everyday circumstances and object lessons to teach his disciples about faith about having confidence in Him. This is really the core ingredient of what it means to follow Him. I, I think most people uh, believe that putting your faith in Jesus or your faith in God is really very disconnected from everyday life. It's sort of pie in the sky. It doesn't really make any difference right here and now. You know. And so when we're facing... Pressure, unwanted circumstances, problems, difficulties, when they begin to pile up, we don't tend to, we don't have the reflexes to put our faith in God, to believe in Him to help us through those things. The stream of thought goes, you know, life is full of challenges, difficulties, 
and struggle. And faith isn't really the answer. And I've got to dig deep and tunnel through these things. Because what happens is they, they pile up, kind of make mountains, obstacles in life, create uh, a lot of difficulty. It seems like whenever you want to do something that's really important, you have a worthy goal or you want to build a relationship, create a relationship, uh, and, and you want it to be enjoyable like a marriage or a parent-child relationship. You want to have a good relationship with your kid or a friend or a co-worker or a, a classmate or a roommate or whatever it is. seems like whenever you want to do something right and good, there are obstacles to doing that. It's struggle in family relationships, uh, marriages, parenting, relating to extended family, brothers and sisters, all of that. Conflict tends to mount and the tension increases to the point where it can be overwhelming. It, it can really be a struggle and a battle. We, we all want to have good relationships that bring enjoyment. But then there's the struggle. How, how do we deal with that? How, what are we going to do? If we want to tunnel through the challenges, the difficulties, we, we need some heavy equipment. Because our knee-jerk is to grab the shovel, our own resources, what we can see, and start digging to tunnel through. We get the pick and we hammer through the rock and we're, we're digging the tunnel and we're trying to make it through. And that's what we are used to doing. That's what we normally do. That's what we're in the habit of doing. We look around. We, we hit a struggle in a relationship. We look around and we try to find something that's going to help us tunnel through out of our own resources. Or we're, we're dealing with our finances and we're, we're trying to balance things out, make it work, make the income level stay above the outgo level. And debt may be mounting. And we look around for our own research. How am I going to tunnel through this? How, you know, give, give me the pick, man. This one is, this one's a tough one. How am I going to make it through? So it's never a straight line to reaching financial goals. And there's maybe this mountain of debt that we, we have to deal with. Is faith going to pay the bills? How, how do I deal with this? Any worthy project that we undertake at work or school or in ministry is full of difficulty. That's just the way life is. And we, we have to figure out how we're going to work through the obstacles, how we're going to respond to the challenges, the difficulties, the struggles, and the obstacles that we're going to face. When we face these mountains like this, we tend to grab a shovel, get the pick, and start digging. Or we might, after a while, just give up. You know, we, we've tried, we've worked, we've, we've used up all of our resources, and we decide to just set up camp on this side of the mountain. Just, this, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. I'm just going to set up camp here, and I'm going to just quit trying and let it go. Boy, I'd really like to have a marriage that's a good one. I'd really like to have a good relationship with my kids. I'd really love to make progress on in my career, or I'd love to keep moving in the right way on these things. But, boy, I've been, I've been working at it, spinning my wheels. Boy, it's, it's like granite. I cannot get through it. And so we set up camp on this side of the mountain, and we just it's, it holds us back. It just stops us. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a scene from Jesus' life. 
where he teaches his disciples, his followers, what it takes to get past the obstacles in life. How followers of his deal with those obstacles. He, he really wants to help us make progress toward the right goals. And he wants to, to help us experience a fruitful life and a real life of blessing. Do you have any obstacles in your life this morning as I've been talking about these different areas, you know, relationships, finances, uh, projects, things that are going on in your finances? Do, do you have any things piling up, difficulties, struggles, challenges? Do you have any obstacles? How are you going to overcome those? Jesus is going to show us how his followers move through these things. He shows us how to approach these obstacles. And he says that faith is a vital characteristic of a follower of mine. That's what Jesus says. There's a backstory to the passage we're going to look at in a moment. The backstory is this. He and his disciples are walking out of the town of Bethany. Uh, they'd been walking around ministering, helping people. They're walking out of the town of Beth- Bethany. They're hungry. And they see a fig tree in the distance. The fig tree has leaves on it. So it's the time of year when it, it, it should have figs growing on it. They're hungry. They're thinking, yeah, you know, it's kind of like driving down uh, the highway and you get on your phone and you find out, you know, there's a McDonald's about 50 miles from here or whatever. You know it's coming and you're, you're excited. Well, that's what's happening. They're, they're on the road. They're walking to the next town where they're going to aim to serve people and help. And uh, they see a fig tree. It's got leaves, should have figs. When they get to it, no figs. No figs. No fruit on the, the, the fig tree. And so Jesus casually says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. It's common he makes. May no one ever, talking to the fig tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. So the disciples, they hear this, and then they go on their way to Jerusalem. This is where we're picking up the story. A day or two later, after he made that comment to the fig tree. Mark 11 says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree you cursed has withered. It had completely withered and died. Now, it says, Rabbi, look. I, you know, in, in my thought, it's, it's sort of like, whoa. You know, he, just, he just made that statement, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And there is a tremendous amount of power in what he said there. So Jesus often taught this way. This is, this is the object lesson. He's trying to teach the disciples about faith. This is the object lesson. He would use nature or circumstances or something to make a point. And in this lesson, the power of his words created a response in nature. So part of this lesson is that we can trust what he says. He has the power to do what he says. And, and then it says, Peter noticed this, said the fig tree you had, you had cursed has withered. Jesus answered, Have faith in God. That's the core lesson for the day. That's what he's trying to teach them. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. 
Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus had previously cursed this fig tree that wasn't bearing fruit. That was the object lesson for the day. That's what he was trying. That's the kind of object lesson only Jesus can pull off. <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind only he's going he's gonna to make that happen. And then he gives the lesson, have faith in God. This is the way you accomplish God's work through you in the world. This is the way God accomplishes work in you. It's through faith. It's by putting your trust, your entire faith in him. This scene from Jesus' life shows us the power of his words, the power that he possesses. He said something, it came to pass. The mountains that he talks about, whoever says this, you know, in faith, this mountain be removed and it, it's removed. The mountains that he, he is talking about here, this is hyperbole, is common way of teaching in his day, extreme exaggeration to make a point. And so what he's saying is those mountains represent the obstacles to God's work through us and to God's work in us in life and if you trust him he's going to remove all of those obstacles faith is the way to overcome the obstacles that block god's work in us and god's work through us it's the key to working through problems that keep us from bearing fruit you know you can see in this this scene from jesus life that he has a bias toward bearing fruit he, he wants to help us bear the right kind of fruit in our lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our, in our parenting relationships with our kids, in our friendships, he, in, in, in the things that we're trying to accomplish at work. Uh, he, he wants to help us. He wants to help us make progress financially. He has a bias toward people living life in a way that the right kind of fruit grows out of their lives and it blesses everyone around them and it brings his blessing to them as well. This is what he wants. You can see that in just his comment toward the fruit tree. That's what comes to my mind when I realize that he did that, that he made that statement and it, it, it withered right there. He has this bias, and he wants to help us with this. He, he wants to help us bear the fruit that brings honor to him. Then he wraps up the lesson by saying this. Prayer is the way that we express faith in God. Prayer is our expression of the faith. So what he's saying is, followers of mine, Jesus is saying, my followers learn to develop faith reflexes to the pressure, to the obstacles, to the struggles, to the challenges that they're facing in their marriages, at work, in school, in spiritual growth, in managing their finances. The best way to respond to obstacles that are piling up is to pray through them. You put your faith in God, ask for His help as you're working things out, and you begin to to deal with the challenges in that way. Rather than your own resources, grabbing the shovel, getting the pick, tunneling through, you ask God to help you as you do what you can to deal with those, those challenges and problems.
You don't rely on your own resources. You get help from God. He has the ability to do things we can't to help us overcome the obstacles. Only God has the power to work in the hearts of people and do other things that we just can't do. So when we're tempted to say, I'm just going to camp on this side of the mountain, you know, the obstacles are mounting up, and I, I've been around this problem, and I've been working and working, and I'm just, forget it, I'm just going to set up, I guess this is just the way it is. If it's a worthy goal, trust God to help you through the obstacles. Because faith overcomes the obstacles to God's will and God's work in our lives. It's faith. Faith in Him. Trusting Him to help you pull through those things. Now, when I was younger, I read this passage. When I, when I first got real serious about following Jesus, which is what we're talking about, when I got really serious, I, I, start, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Scripture, I'm going to read the Bible, and when it says something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just start practicing it. And so I read this, and I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I can, if, if there's a mountain, and I, I just pray, and I say, God, you know, flatten that thing out, he's going to do it. This is cool. So, you know, I, I read this, I think this, you, there are a couple passages that allude to this kind of thing. And I got all excited. So I'm like, problem comes up. God, would you get rid of that problem? Still there. God, would you heal this thing that's going on, this sickness in me? Still there sometimes. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. God, would you... Would you away all the obstacles in my finances to growing in wealth. He left them there. I think I misunderstood what he was saying. There's something I missed here. Because I'm thinking, this is fantastic. I can just ask God. He's going he's gonna to take care of the obstacles. Wipe out the mountains. In this passage, though, Jesus isn't offering us a magic wand to wave and fix our problems or remove unwanted circumstances. That's not what he's saying. He's not trying to give us the key to an easy life or the things I want in life. Because I used to think, well, the problem is not Jesus. The problem is my faith. I need to muster up more faith. Then the mountain would move. You know, then it'd go. I could just take the San Gabriel Mountains and flatten them out if I just had enough faith. But really what he's saying here is, I will help you work through these obstacles. And there will be no obstacle in your way to accomplishing my will. You, you are going to be able to accomplish God's will and God's work in your life if you'll just trust me. No obstacle is going to stand in your way. 
Here's some understandings that the disciples had, the people he was talking to. They understood some things about what he meant in these statements. Here's some understandings. It's assumed that he's going to operate with some limitations. In other words, God, for example, never overrides human choice. So if you're having trouble in a relationship, I believe if you pray, God is working to soften the heart of the other person. But he's not going to override their decision of whether or not to be cooperative, whether or not to work through this issue, whether or not to forgive and be gracious. So when Jesus said that, he he assumed that there were some self-determined limitations with himself, with God. And it's also assumed that what we're asking fulfills his purpose and goals for our lives, not our whims and selfish desires. So... Those are assumptions that are really important to grab a hold of when you look at this passage. What would have been understood by the disciples and something we need to know is that Jesus is not saying God's going to remove all unwanted circumstances, problems, struggles, challenges, obstacles in your life. He is saying that he will remove the obstacles to accomplishing God's will and God's work in our lives and through our lives. He he is going to do that. Sometimes the obstacles need to be removed to accomplish his will and work, and sometimes they need to stay in place. We have to trust him to know when, when is the right time to remove them and when the right time to leave them there. Many times he uses the obstacles, the unwanted circumstances, and the trouble in my life to accomplish his will and work through me. It's an important understanding. So they're there. And he removes all of the obstacles that are going to keep me from his will and from his work. But some of the trouble and the unwanted circumstances, he doesn't because he even works through those. There are major obstacles, a whole mountain range to doing God's will in our lives, to accomplishing his work, to having a good marriage, uh, just to make the choice to be loving and kind and continue to work through conflict day after day after day. There are obstacles to that in me, in in all of us. There, There are obstacles to raising good and godly kids, to working with all our heart in a way that best contributes to the overall good of the company and my coworkers to managing my finances as well that there there's there are obstacles to managing our finances there's obstacles to completing projects on time to to doing those things with excellence to helping people work through problems to really serve them and try to help them sort things out obstacle after obstacle to uh, help the church grow in its ministry there there's a lot of things to work through Faith is placing my confidence not in myself to do these things, not in my resources to work through the obstacles, but trusting God to do what we can't do and watching him work to remove the obstacles that are keeping us from doing his will and accomplishing his work. Faith is the way to overcome those things. That's what Jesus is saying. Following Jesus means that we can learn uh, to accept a no from God. Because sometimes we pray and we, we, want, we want him to come through in a way and he, he chooses to say no. He chooses not to. 
He says no to a prayer, and if he does, he has a purpose in that. And he will weave it into accomplishing his will and his work in our lives. Faith faith is real when we trust God, whether or not he does what we want him to do. Recognizing that he's God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel. Um, And uh, in in that story, there were three teenagers. The, The king had commanded them to bow down and worship idols and to worship the king himself, and they refused to do so. So the king says, all right, I'm, I'm going to stoke the furnace for you. I'm going to have this person-sized furnace, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook you if you don't bow to these idols. And if you don't bow before me, you're going to get cooked. And they still refuse to bow. So right before they're thrown into the furnace, they make this statement. Our God is able to save us from this furnace. We know he has the power to do so. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow to you. Even if he says no to saving us from the furnace, we are not going to bow down to you. That is real faith. And that's the kind of faith that removes all of the barriers to God doing his work in us and through us in the lives of other people. This faith is expressed in prayer, just talking to God and asking for his help as you go through the day, as you work through things. Where Jesus encourages us to pray through our problems and pray through our challenges and difficulties and obstacles Rather than just relying on ourselves, this is what it means to follow him. As you're going through the day, you're asking God for help. Because faith is the way to do things that we can't do. It's the way to unlock God's forgiveness in our life. We're forgiven when we choose faith. Not by working and earning God's acceptance, but by trusting him with our lives. When we do that, we're forgiven. It's the way to overcome our fears. Jesus showed the disciples this. You know, they... they, few times there's some scenes from his life where the disciples are shaking they're afraid and he he encourages them to choose faith that's the way to overcome our fears it's the way to experience healing it's the way to gain spiritual victory very rarely do we think through the spiritual dimension of our problems and difficulties and challenges but there is i would say always there's a spiritual factor going on as we deal with the, uh, the challenges in our life. We don't factor that in, but faith is the way to gain spiritual victory as we set out to walk through these things following Jesus Christ. Prayer is the way that we express our faith. Neil Walker says, God will do things if you pray that he won't if you don't. That is very true. I found that to be totally true. Uh, We start following Jesus in faith. We've got to keep following him in faith. And growing faith is the core ingredient of a growing follower of Christ. It's the way that God works in you and I. It's the way that he works through you and I. If you've decided to follow Christ, you, you can expect him to work on growing your faith. And it's surprising sometimes the way he does that. 
I mean, if you decide to follow Christ, He's going to arrange things in your life to begin to grow your faith. Because growing faith, the measure of your faith is the measure of your maturity as a follower of Christ. Uh, read a book recently by Andy Stanley, and in that book he talked about five catalysts uh, of our faith, for our faith. And these are the things God uses to really grow our faith. You may have read this book as well, or you may have heard these from him. Um, but as you face obstacles in life, these things are what God will use to grow your faith as you're dealing with them. Um, a catalyst is, is the, here's the definition from Webster's Dictionary of a Catalyst, an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. I used to use a catalyst when I, I tried to make a surfboard once. The other day, my daughter Lindsay said, didn't you make a surfboard once? And I said, well, I tried. I gave it my best shot. You know, I got, I got the blank, I shaped the board. And uh, my work habits as a 13, 14-year-old were not the greatest. So, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm shaping this board, and I get it all shaped. And then, you know, you wrap it in fiberglass. Then you pour the resin on the board. And uh, then you, you drop the catalyst into the resin uh, as you spread it on the board. The catalyst hardens the resin and adds strength to it to allow it to put a coat of protection and strength to the board. So it's pretty important. The catalyst is what hardens it and makes it happen. In the same way, there are five catalysts that strengthen our faith. Andy Stanley talks about these. Here are, here are the five faith catalysts. First of all, practical teaching. Not, not just teaching where you gain knowledge, but teaching where you figure out how to apply it to your life. So you get into the Scriptures. You see what the Scriptures say. And you know from the teaching how to live that out during the week. That's what we try to do here at Church in the Valley. Because we, we want you to learn how to take what you know and put it into practice during the week. When you apply the Bible to life, when you make a habit of doing this, you read it on your own or you hear it taught and you actually try to live it out, your faith grows because you see how God has put this life together, how it works under his leadership. So when you apply the Bible to life, there's all kinds of benefits. It lays a solid foundation, Jesus says. It's the way to get to know him better. And it, it helps you grow in your understanding of how things fit together. We don't want you to know more and more and more that you aren't doing. And so we want you to do more of what you do know. And that's what we aim to, to accomplish here. So when you begin to do what the Bible says, it's like catalyst that strengthens your faith and gives a layer of, of protection and strength to your life that you don't have. Private disciplines are the second faith catalyst. Reading the Bible, praying, giving. Those are some that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 6, 1 through 16. God uses the Bible to speak directly to you. When you get into it, you just read it on your own. It comes alive for me. It it lights up things in my mind and my heart and my life that need to change. When, when you read the Bible with open ears, it catalyzes your faith. It strengthens your faith 
because you realize God, God is real and He's speaking to me through this book. When we pray, our faith grows as God grants what we need to do His will and to accomplish His work as He answers our prayers, as we see Him work in the lives of others through, through our prayers, through our faith. It's fantastic. And our faith grows. When we make it a habit to give, this is something Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. You can read it on your own if you'd like this week. But he talked about giving and how it's when you give, God returns the blessing in many, many ways. You, you, you give and it's the, the blessing comes back and it just, you know, you, you, you give a little and God just brings it pouring back into your life. And when we make it a habit to give and be generous, God grows our faith through that. So private disciplines that you know, nobody knows about. We don't do these things in front of people. We don't toot our own horn and say how much we give, how much we read the Bible, how much we pray. Uh, they're private. Something we do that are between God and ourselves. They, they shift us from relying on ourselves, our own resources, to relying on God. We trust Him as, as He works through them. Personal ministry is another faith catalyst. Stretching to serve others, to look to their needs rather than my own needs, that's an exercise in faith. God comes through and our faith grows. Telling others about Jesus is a challenge. And you aren't quite sure if you're going to be received or rejected. Uh, Not sure how you're going to be able to explain every question that comes up. And so it can be nerve-wracking. It's a, it, you're on the edge when you're trying to tell others about Christ. And God comes through and your faith grows. Providential relationships are another thing that catalyzes our faith. Mo, most of the spiritually mature people I know point back to a person that they met providentially that was a real encouragement to them in helping them decide to follow Christ or helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. And... That person, they, they would say, God arranged that meeting. It's just, I got up that day, wasn't expecting to meet anybody that would be significant in my future, in my life, and God arranged this meeting with this person that was a real help to me. I met a guy in my freshman year in college, and he began to meet with me. That was providential. We were in a class together, happened to sit near him, got to know him. We'd grown up in cities. He grew up in Bell. I grew up in Southgate, California. Right next, he never knew each other. We were kind of in some of the same meetings, but, but we were ended up in a, in a class. It's providential. God arranged that meeting. And through him, it shifted from a providential relationship. I would add purposeful relationships. We don't just need providential relationships. We need purposeful relationships. Because what happened is God arranged that meeting, but we began to get together every week. And he began to show me how to walk with God. I needed that. I needed that help. You may need a purposeful relationship. Uh, As you've met someone, God's arranged a meeting, but you need the help. You need somebody to guide you. Um, Pivotal circumstances are a final faith catalyst. There's a connection between testing and maturity. Getting through trials, getting through the obstacles. This is why God doesn't remove all the obstacles. He only removes the obstacles to his will and his work in our lives. He's not going to remove all of the obstacles. Because it's through the struggle, the pressure, 
the um, challenge that we grow our faith. Trials increase our faith. They stretch us to do things we didn't think about doing before that we wouldn't do under normal circumstances. And I would say God doesn't only use pivotal circumstances, but even after he uses a circumstance, some of the circumstances cause us to change direction. Many times this is how we come to Christ. There's a circumstance, a struggle, a relationship that's not going well, something we're dealing with, and we need God's help. We turn to God and we pivot from going our own way to go God's way, or we shift from breaking the habit that we always have had, and we go God's way. He also uses pressure-packed situations (laughs) to grow us every day. It may not be pivotal, we may not... But it's the pressure that weighs on us. And in the middle of the pressure, learning to rely on Him grows our faith as He changes us through those. Those are some of the mountains that we've been talking about. That, you know, the, the obstacles that God, they weigh on us. And as He takes us through those things, our faith grows. It's through the pressure that God steals our convictions, our character, and he makes us more of who he really wants us to be. God, God uses the church to multiply the impact of these catalysts. So as we gather together, there's opportunities for, for practical teaching, for encouragement in the private disciplines, for uh, just developing purposeful relationships and growing in these these kinds of catalysts. If you if you follow Christ, God is going to arrange things in life to grow your faith. This is what He's after. He wants your faith to grow. Many of the obstacles are left in place so that you'll turn to Him and ask for His help. Jesus said, the way you grow in Me is by abiding in Me in prayer. Praying through the pressure. Praying through the struggle the challenges, the obstacles. This is how we grow. And God removes every obstacle to doing what He wants you to do, to being who He wants you to be, to accomplishing His work through you. His power through prayer is applied to our problems. And He works to grow fruitful marriages, careers, um, and finances, friendships, whatever it is. Any worthy goal He works through and helps us. Don't camp on this side of the mountain. Don't do that. God God wants to help you even though you can't see a way through, even though you can't see a way around, even though you don't see a road over. God wants to use what's going on in your life to grow you in this. As the band comes up, I'd like to ask you to think through your next steps this morning. Uh, If you look at the connection card, if you take that out again, uh, that'd be great. There are some suggested next steps on the back of that card. First one uh, would be to face an obstacle in my life uh, by faith through prayer. This is how we do. This is how we express faith is through prayer. Plan to pray through it. Maybe as I've been talking, and a particular obstacle is weighing heavy on you. Feels like a mountain of whatever. The tension, the the pressure is mounting, and. Instead of using your own resources, shovel, pick, whatever, take it to God. Pray over it every day until it's resolved or until it's dissolved. 
Pray through that. Ask God for help with that. Don't, don't just rely on your own resources. Second step, choose a faith catalyst to focus on over this next month. Practical teaching. Come back for the next series. Uh, all six weeks, we're going to do a series called Love in High Def- Definition. We're going to look at how to live out the kind of love God has for us in our everyday relationship. should be very, very helpful for our family life, our friendships, and uh, all of our relationships. But um, come back to that series. That may be something you want to focus on, practical teaching, private disciplines. Maybe you need to grow in those, or personal ministry, serving telling others about Christ, providential relationships. Maybe there's someone that you know that you'd like to learn from and you want to become a purposeful relationship or a pivotal circumstance, something may be going on and and you want to ask God to use that pressure to learn faith in Him. If you haven't yet decided to follow Christ and you're ready to do that for the first time today, uh, you may want to let us know. I accept Jesus as my Savior and I'm going to follow Him as Lord. And then... Next week, the grand opening. Really looking forward to that. Uh, we're, it's finally here. We've been working toward this for a long time. Um, that's another step you could take. Invite a friend or someone in the family to the grand opening on 217. As I said, we're going to start a new message series. should be very, very helpful as we dig into what God says about loving others in, in high definition. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we see in your word, for your kindness to us. And we ask, God, that you'd give us the power and the strength and the help to walk by faith as we deal with the obstacles that we're facing this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen.